This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Hour number three of Spears and Ali presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. If you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. We're talking Arizona Wildcats basketball to kick off hour number three. Arizona tonight versus the Utah Utes. Nice little revenge game for the Arizona Wildcats. So if you want to talk about the Cats and the current state of U of A basketball, 719-1490 is that phone number. Uh, we're going to talk about the U of A women's basketball team with P.J. Brown coming up at 525, and then uh, we will uh, run it back with Derek Montilla at 540 from PHNX uh, talking Major League Baseball and also D-backs as they get ready for the upcoming spring training. Um, so tonight I'm very excited to go back out to McHale Center to watch number 8 Arizona versus the Utah Utes. And if you uh, remember the last time uh, these two teams played against each other, Utah absolutely got the 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 better end of Arizona because uh, the, the Wildcats, I think that – okay, let's just backtrack here because the game against Utah, Kirk Creesa played like absolute uh, garbage. Uh, I, I think that, you know, shooting one for nine isn't ideal. And it, to me, you know, you could feel Kirk Creesa's impact on games even when – he's not necessarily um, shooting well, right? I mean, we've seen him go two for ten in the game, but he has nine assists, right? You, you feel his impact. The game against Cal, he went scoreless. He was 0 for 7 from the field, but he also had eight or nine assists to go along with that. So you feel his presence in every single game. But to me, those nine assists in that game against Utah in Salt Lake City didn't really have – that big of an impact. He had four points, nine assists. I want to see more out of Kirk Creesa against the Utah Utes. I also want to see more out of a guy like Pella Larson. You go back and you look at that game against Utah in Salt Lake City. Pella Larson had two points. Yes, he had 11 rebounds, which is great. Great. Yay. Your, your energy is there. You're trying hard. But only two points was 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 3 from three-point range. And uh, did that in, in 34 minutes. They're going to need more out of a guy like Pella Larson. And I think they will get more out of Pella Larson tonight. Because this is a different Pella Larson than when Arizona last played against the Utah Utes. You know, you remember when Arizona played against Utah? Let's look at the date here. December 1st. December 1st. That's when Arizona played against Utah in Salt Lake City. December 1st. It is now... February 16th. I mean, we are over two months from the last time Arizona played against Utah. Arizona is a completely different team than last time they played against Utah. And for a number of reasons. One, Kirk Creesa is starting to play a little bit better, right? He's not just facilitating the ball, but he's actually scoring outside of the most recent Bay Area trip. And I give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because Kirk Creesa was dealing with an illness. Uh, he was sick on Thursday against Cal, still trying to overcome that. I think he's going to be just fine this week. But I give him the benefit of the doubt there. 
Um, you look at Pella Larson. Pella Larson was starting last time Arizona played against Utah. Ever since then, yeah, they had to lose a couple of times, but Pella Larson was moved back to being in his sixth-man role. Unfortunately for him, the, even though he's averaging double figures since going back to his sixth-man role, it, it's probably not going to get him Pac-12 sixth-man of the year just because he started too many games this season. So Pella Larson isn't in running to win Pac-12 sixth-man of the year, but the way that he's been playing lately, he's de- definitely the best bench player in the Pac-12 this season. And I expect him to come out tonight knock down some shots, feel pretty good about himself, but also play solid defensively. That's the thing about Pella Larson that doesn't really get talked about enough is his ability to defend multiple positions. Pella Larson can guard anywhere from the two to, heck, even the five. Like, think about this. Last week against Stanford, yes, they lost. But I think the one positive from that game was the fact that Azulis Tubel has gotten into foul trouble. Umar Bala was struggling at some points in the game. And Tommy Lloyd decided, you know what? Let's go to small ball. Let's put Cedric Henderson and Pella Larson as the front court guys. And let's see what happens. And Arizona went on a 13-0 run. Like, it was actually working. The Wildcats were getting just absolutely chewed up inside. Like, paint points. I think at one point it was 20-4 to four in favor for Stanford. And then the small ball lineup gets in there, and they start eating away at that deficit. And Arizona, all of a sudden, they're, they're playing really good basketball, and they're back into this game. So I really like the, the small ball lineup that Tommy Lloyd deployed during the Stanford game. I hope we see more of that. I know that Umar Balo and Azulis Tubelis, those two guys have been Arizona's bread and butter all season long, but you want to be able to adapt. And if Zulus Tubelis gets into foul trouble and Umar Balo isn't that guy, hey, sometimes you might need to play a little bit of small ball and, and figure it out yourself. And they did that against Stanford, but then the Wildcats were just unable to get back into the game. Um, but, you know, I just look at Arizona as a whole when I look at the game in December compared to tonight's game. And the Wildcats, yes, they have their flaws. Yes, they've been punched in the face a couple of times. But this is a team that's playing really good basketball. And also, they've stepped up tremendously on the defensive end. I mean, from that game in December, the Wildcats went from, you know, closer to the 100s when it comes to defensive efficiency and defensive rating. Now they're one of the top teams in the Pac-12. Uh, In terms of rebounding, Stanford, UCLA are still the better teams. But defensive efficiency, nobody in the Pac-12 has made better gains in that category over the last couple of months than the Arizona Wildcats. So I don't want to be that guy that jinxes Arizona tonight, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think the Wildcats are going to come in and handle themselves tonight. I think that... Utah is a really good team. Let's let's not let's not get anything twisted here. In weeks past, I have said that Arizona they're going to come in and just absolutely manhandle this team. It's going to be it's going to be ridiculously in favor of Arizona. And then it turns out that the Wildcats struggle and the other team finds a way to cover and put up somewhat an impressive game. You know that Utah is going to bring in their best shot because 
conference implications, like conference seeding is on the line here. Utah wins tonight. They move to third place in the Pac-12, or excuse me, second place in the Pac-12. Because Arizona, they're going to have the same record, but Utah owns the tiebreaker. So if the Wildcats lose tonight, they can fall in the conference standings. Like, they're no longer in a position where, hey, they're going to, you know, lose one random game and they're going to be just fine. No, this game has a little bit on the line here. And Utah, they want to be able to sweep the Arizona Wildcats. And the conference is so top-heavy this year. When you think about teams that could possibly make a run in the NCAA tournament, you automatically assume UCLA and Arizona. But Utah, if they can get to the NCAA tournament and have sweeping Arizona on their resume, they're going to be feeling pretty good about themselves. And that's something that that's worth having on your resume. And Utah, they're trying to go for the kill tonight. So Brandon Carlson, the Utes on the defensive end, they're going to come out and they're going to be swinging at Arizona. Now, how will Arizona respond? You know what? I don't really think that energy and effort is going to be an issue tonight for the Wildcats. You're coming off a loss to the Stanford Cardinal. You lost to this team a couple of months ago in Salt Lake City. And, oh, Pella Larson, by the way, played for this team most recently. Uh, last year was his first year at Arizona, but the year before that, he was playing for the Utah Utes. So this game is always personal for a guy like Pella Larson. So tonight, I don't know. I just I think that the, the Wildcats are uh, going to come out, play with their hair on fire, and take care of business against the Utah Utes. Um, it, again, if you want to call in and talk about Arizona basketball, 719-1490, 719-1490. Uh, another thing, Cedric Henderson, uh, he also uh, played 21 minutes in that game against Utah. It only had three points and uh, four rebounds. So Cedric Henderson had a quiet game. And recently, he's been pretty solid for the Arizona Wildcats. And another thing from that game, too, when we talk about changes between the Arizona with the Arizona Wildcats between then and now, Kylan Boswell only logged six minutes in that game. Kylan Boswell is playing a lot more minutes now. And Kylan Boswell isn't putting up crazy scoring numbers, but we mentioned the the defensive improvements, and Kylan Boswell is a big reason why. Uh, His efforts on the defensive end is a big reason why Arizona has been able to make gains on that side of the ball. So Kylan Boswell is playing more minutes. Adama Ball um, is playing less minutes. He had eight minutes in that game against Utah. Now Arizona has tightened up the rotation, and they moved to a seven-man lineup. So you don't have really a Dama ball, but Tommy Lloyd has always left that door open for that eighth man to possibly step up for the Arizona Wildcats. Again, if you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. We're talking Arizona Wildcats basketball here on ESPN Tucson. And uh, if you're going out to the game tonight, Um, I'll leave you with this uh, word of advice. If you're going to the game, please make sure that you pick up after yourself. And, you know, normally we don't really say that to Arizona fans, but this week is a rarity in Arizona athletics. Four straight home games between the men's and the women's basketball programs. Uh, You ask anybody who's been covering Arizona athletics – who has been a part of the athletic department for a long time, 
they can't recall that ever happening. I mean, shoot, I've asked Greg Hansen, and he can't even recall when that happened. And Greg Hansen's like an encyclopedia when it comes to everything Arizona athletics. So it's it's a rarity for both the men's and the women's basketball teams to have back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. So please, 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 please be mindful because, hey, custodial staffs, I mean, they're there hours after the game cleaning up the arena. You know, I've been there for a late-night tip-off, and I've seen the cleanup crew be there until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning cleaning up the arena. So these guys are there for a long time cleaning up. It would really help them out, and it would speed up the process to turn around the arena for another game if you're able to clean up after yourself. So think about the staffing and all the all that going on at McHale Center when you're out there watching the basketball games this week. Uh, let's go to the phones, 719-1490. We got Mark joining us on line one. What's up, Mark? Well, I, I wanted to talk about something else, but now you got me going. Uh, about this is the same time you mentioned cleaning up after yourself. You know how much they charge for that stuff? You know, these, these people that clean up the stadium, look, and they got jobs. You got the need to think about that. But, no, I don't care. Yeah, everybody clean up after yourselves. But, uh... Uh, the reason why I called, hey, guys, what, what time is the game? 8 o'clock. 8 p.m. What channel? Pac-12 I mean, Networks. On TV? At Pac-12 oh, Networks, so it's not. See, that's why, I, that's why I listen to you every day. You have all the information. Love you guys. Later. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Later, Mark. 8 p.m., Pac-12 Networks. And uh, I, I so spoke 10% to... 10% of, of Southern Arizona can watch it. Right. <laughs> Well, I was uh, speaking to Susie Mason, who is in charge of the uh, events. She's the events coordinator. She is uh, in charge of the facilities. And, I mean, she she's the one who's putting on all these events at McHale Center and and is helping out with games. Uh, She does an amazing job. She's such a a huge asset for the Arizona Athletics Department. And I spoke to her for a story that I posted on Tucson.com, the Wildcaster app, about what it's like putting together four straight basketball games and she said actually it's pretty easy because it's in game mode the the we set it up for thursday and it's the the arena is set up for basketball games the whole way through it's not like what asu is going through today asu today is hosting a wrestling match at noon at desert financial arena and then they got to quickly turn it around because they have a basketball game at six o'clock so think about it Wrestling match, noon. You got to deal with all that. Then you got to clean up, put all together, and set it up for basketball afterwards in the same day. Uh, they've done it with gymnastics here in Tucson. Like gymnastics to basketball, so much more difficult than men's basketball to women's basketball, just because it's it's basketball. It's the same thing. All you got to do is just clean up in the stands. So, uh, and also the TV trucks, the Pac-12 Networks truck. Mm-hmm. When ESPN two is in town on Saturday. For the game at McHale Center, the Pac-12 Networks truck has to go park somewhere for the whole day and night while the ESPN2 truck is there. I'm sure it's smaller, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure about the, the, the size of the trucks, but uh, it's never about the size of the trucks. Remember that. It's all about it's about the production. It's about where you park it. It's about, it's about, the, it's about the production. Remember that. Um, but, yeah, the, the they have to play musical trucks and, and get them all out there, but... It's going to be fun. We're talking about four straight basketball games at McHale Center, and both teams are ranked, and they're playing against the Mountain Schools, right? It's it's Utah, Colorado, 
Both teams are in the state right now. And for Arizona and uh, for Arizona men's basketball and women's basketball to host four straight games, if you're a basketball fan, have fun. Go out to McHale Center every single game and enjoy yourself. And uh, if you're going to the game tonight, make sure uh, you keep your eyes peeled because former Arizona Wildcat Josh Green is in the his house. He's in the house. He's going to be inducted into the Ring of Honor during halftime. Now, why is Josh Green being inducted into the Ring of Honor? Because when you think of like Ring of Honor, you think about the greatest players in program history. And with all due respect to Josh Green, do people ever consider Josh Green as like that guy? He only played in one season. And yet his one season here wasn't that memorable. Well, it was memorable for getting cut short because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But Josh Green wasn't putting up crazy numbers. But he was drafted in the first round by the Dallas Mavericks, has had a solid NBA career uh, since then. He's a key piece for the Mavericks and their rotation. But the reason why he's being inducted into the Ring of Honor is because he recently won a bronze medal with Team Australia in the Olympics. So if you medal... In the Olympics, you qualify to get into the Ring of Honor. So Josh Green will have his moment tonight. And then Zeke Naji, his uh, fellow teammate at the University of Arizona, now playing for the Denver Nuggets, he will be inducted this weekend during All-Star break. So a couple Arizona Wildcats making their way back to Tucson during All-Star break. Coming up next on Spears and Ali, though, uh, we're going to talk to P.J. Brown about the current state of the Arizona women's basketball program. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Lots of basketball going down at McHale Center this week. Starting tonight, you have the Arizona men's basketball against Utah. And then tomorrow, you got the Arizona women's basketball team back in action. Here to talk all things on that end is P.J. Brown, my amazing colleague from the Arizona Daily Star. So, PJ, it's uh, for the second time this season, Arizona, both basketball programs are hosting four straight games at McHale Center. But unlike the first time, this time around, they're doing it with the same teams as both Utah and Colorado, which I find very interesting. What's your stance on this? Hi, Justin. Hope you're doing well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I even reached out to both of the communications folks that for Utah women's basketball and Colorado women's basketball, because my first question was, are both the men's and women's teams going to travel to Tucson together and to Tempe? Like that was the question I had, like, were they going to charter if they charter, charter the same flight and just the women's team comes in a day early and just practices here. And then on the back end, you know, the the men's team would stay a day early. And both communications folks said to me, oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. And I'm like, really? That's the first thing I would have thought about if I were running a show in some capacity for these schools is, you know, how do we maybe save a little money or do something to to, you know, combine our resources? But nope. They didn't think about that at wow. all. Um, I do think it's odd that the that it's both, you know, it's the same teams coming in. I really do. Um, you know, it's like even earlier in the year, it was just different teams that played both 
you know, the men and the women and everything, but to have both men's and women's team for Arizona and Colorado coming in at the same time this weekend is just, is really odd. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, what do you make of just the, the, the current state of the team right now? Because, you know, they got absolutely just just dominated by the Stanford Cardinal. I mean, shoot, they had Lauren Betts, the number one rated player in the country this past year. She's coming off the bench, so that should tell you everything about the Stanford Cardinal this season. But they turned around and they crushed the Calgon, the Bears, 80-57. to So they split the Bay Area road trip. How do you feel about just the current direction of this team as they approach the postseason? Sure. You know, I think we talked before the Stanford game, and I said, you got to put Stanford aside. Whatever happens in this game happens, but they're Stanford, right? They're really, really hard to beat in any season. This season, they're really deep. They have a lot of young players who are sort of getting into the mix. Someone like a Lauren Betts, who's, who was the number one recruit in the country, She's coming off the bench. She hasn't even played a lot, but now that it's the end of the season, she's going to start seeing more time. Um, And so that's a whole separate thing. And I also think that um, Stanford now that they sort of come together like that, you know, they could run the table the rest of the season. And and that's not like a a big leap to say um, Tara Vanderveer has done this type of thing before that once they sort of come together, they're pretty unstoppable. So keep an eye on Stanford for the rest of the season and the postseason. I think they're, you know, right in position to do really well. Now for Arizona, on the other hand, um, you know, I was doing some scouting report for today for the Utah game. And when you look back at it, they've won five of their last seven games. Now, the two losses that they had were really tough losses to Washington State and then, of course, to Stanford. But the other games were were really good. They went to the L.A. schools. They dominated. I mean, they came and, you know, beat them in overtime, and both games were really good wins, really good wins that really add to their resume. And this weekend they're set up to possibly, um, you know, if they split this weekend, it's a really good weekend for them. If they sweep, it's, you know, incredible for them. They have four games left in the regular season, and they really have a chance to add even more to the resume so that they can secure that third or fourth spot in the Pac-12 to get a bye in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament, and also move up in the um, for the NCAA tournament and possibly be in that six, top 16 to host. So really, they have a chance starting this weekend to, as they say, control your own destiny. They, they play well, and they do well, and they come mm-hmm. together and play as a team like they did against Cal. Um, and other, and then also in other games, they can do really well, and they can finish off strong, and and that could make a big difference in their postseason play. Well, Utah, really good team. I mean, they're currently ranked, I believe, number four in the AP top twenty-five. Yeah. And you know, last time the Wildcats played against the Utes in Salt Lake City, 
it was a close game, 80-79. to What do you remember about that game, and what's new or different about Utah since then? Sure. Um, that was a great game. It, uh, Arizona went into Utah, which is a hard place to play, and they went toe-to-toe with the Utes, who are obviously one of the best teams in the country. They have Alyssa Peely, who is amongst the best players in the country. Um, she's on all the award lists. She's going to win some big awards this year. And and then they have really great pieces around her. They have this Gianna Neepkins, who is a sophomore this year, along with Jenna Johnson. But, um, but Neepkins was the Pac-12 freshman of the year last year. And so they, if you look across at all the statistical categories, they're like tops and not only for the Pac-12, but for the nation. And that's why they're number four in the country. They are a really tough team to beat. And the fact that Arizona could go there and play as well as they did against them and almost sneak out a win, um, that was a really good moment in the season for the Wildcats. Now, coming here, I expect them to – I expect it to be a really good game. They, and, and I think that both teams have improved since the last time out. So, you know, we could be seeing some really, really high-level basketball from both sides this time out. Um, I talked to uh, former U of A coach and now Pac-12 analyst Joan Bonvicini, uh last night for for my feature, my Q&A for uh, the Utah game. And she's she's really excited about um, this matchup even for both teams. She said that you know this could be something that that propels U of A for the last four games, right? Propels them into finishing off really strong. And then even for Utah, it's just another notch in their belt as they as they finish their their resume, their resume for um, the postseason play. So both teams have, you know, a lot going for them at this point. And um, this is when it gets fun. It's the end of the regular season. You know, everybody should be geared up for it. People should be coming out for these two games this weekend. There's a lot on the line for Arizona, and um, it's only going to help them to have big crowds. P.J. Brown from the Arizona Daily Star breaking down all things U of A women's basketball. Arizona faces number four, Utah, tomorrow at 7 p.m. at McHale Center. You can watch that game on Pac-12 Networks. And then the game against number 21, Colorado, is set for noon on Sunday, and that is at McHale Center as well. P.J., thank you as always. Always appreciate your insight. Have fun at McHale Center this week. Thanks, Justin. And uh, don't forget to uh, check out P.J. Brown's work on Tucson.com and the Wildcaster app. I will be out at the men's basketball game tonight, Arizona versus Utah Utes. I'll have my uh, story on Josh Green being inducted into the Ring of Honor. And you can also check out Bruce Pascoe's game recap on Tucson.com and the Wildcaster app. And, oh, oh, how could I forget about our amazing world-class photographer, Kelly Presnell? Kelly this man shows up to every sporting event like four hours before it starts. No one takes their craft more seriously than Kelly Presnell. I'll tell you that. 
Uh, he always has amazing photos. Check out his gallery on Tucson.com and the Wildcaster app. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I was like a D1 prospect, but I, uh, I hurt my knee my junior year, so I didn't play my senior year. So I just play intramural for Pike. Pike, 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 Pike. All 5'8", 280 pounds of him, coming out with the double knee braces, the socks to his knees, the short shorts, his fat belly out there. I got, listen, I know I run a, a 6'5", but I got great hands, man. I was a bartender for three years. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> Biff Magoo. Welcome back. To Spears and Ali, it's Throwback Thursday, and uh, we're throwing it back to some old school game sounds. We had a Nintendo one, we had Mario, and now we got Pac-Man in the house. Yep, love it, Andrew. Um, all right, so we got a few minutes left here of today's show. If you missed any of it, go to the Spears and Ali podcast, located wherever you listen to podcasts. Had a uh, Jody Aileron from Phoenix, and he gave us some great insight on the newest members to the Valley, aka Sexy. Well, Jody's sexy. Yeah. Not the newest members of the Valley. Well, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Do you find Kevin Durant sexy? Call us in at 719-1490. <laughs> um, yeah, KD was introduced as the newest member of the uh, Phoenix Suns today, and it was really cool, the the whole atmosphere at the Footprint Center. And then Jonathan Gannon, Gannon. the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And I thought it was really telling that – Okay, so the the people that were in attendance, like we we talked about this with Jody, with the Phoenix Suns, the people who were in attendance were the fans, the the True Valley fans that love the Phoenix Suns, that called in sick today to go <laughs> attend a grown man's press conference, because uh, I'm not sure what the hell people were doing at 2 p.m. on a Thursday, and maybe. Maybe they were working the night shift, the, the graveyard shift, and they had time to go to KD's introductory press conference. But thousands of people went to Footprint Center to watch a man sit in street clothes, hold the mic, and just talk about how excited he is to be a part of the city and win championships. So those are the kind of people that went to the KD press conference. The kind of people that went to the Arizona Cardinals press conference wasn't fans. A lot of media members, of course. Because there's no press conference with no press conference without us. It's just people talking, just off the record. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, Justin. What a press conference is. There's no. There's no. It's not a press conference if there's no press. All right. But um, I. I it's just a conference. It's just a conference. It's just off the record. But the people who were in attendance for Jonathan Gannon's introductory press conference were members of the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Ertz, Kyler Murray, some other notable players. And when you have the faces of the franchise all showing up, sitting front row, watching what you have to say, I think that's pretty encouraging for the dude. So uh, two introductory press conferences happening today in the Valley. Uh, We'll talk more about that uh, during tomorrow's Spears and Ali. And All-Star Weekend is upon us. Lori Markkinen going to play in the All-Star game itself. Benedict Matherin playing in the Rising Stars Challenge. And uh, speaking of former Arizona Wildcats, one Wildcat is in the town tonight for Arizona versus Utah. Josh Green is in Tucson. He will be introduced as the newest member of the Ring of Honor at halftime. So this year, four Wildcats are being inducted into the Ring of Honor. We saw Ernie McRae and Al Fleming 
inducted most recently. Ernie McRae had 46 points in 1960, still holds the record for most points by an Arizona Wildcat. And then Al Fleming scored 41 points at McHale Center, the most by a Wildcat. Those two guys were officially inducted into the Ring of Honor during the COVID-19 pandemic-influenced season. So at a, at a time when fans weren't in attendance, these guys were inducted into the Ring of Honor. So they waited for the ceremonies till this year, and they finally did it. They got Ernie McRae first, Al, Mc, Al Fleming second. Now they're moving on towards the, the actual newbies of the Ring of Honor. And there are two this year, and they will be in town this weekend. First off with Josh Green, tonight he's inducted. And then on Saturday, Zeke Naji will be inducted into the Ring of Honor. And um, why are both those guys inducted into the Ring of Honor? What makes them so special in Arizona basketball lore? Well, Zeke Naji was winner of the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year Award. So that right there gets you inducted into the Ring of Honor. And then as for Josh Green, he was a five-star shooting guard coming out of high school. Uh, was teammates with Nico Mannion, and then went over, and I think played for like IMG Academy when it was all said and done in high school. But he went over to, came back to Arizona, suited up for the Wildcats, and Sean Miller in his second-to-last season as head coach of the Wildcats. And he, he didn't really live up to the, the five-star expectations, right? I mean, do you, you do you recall like any notable Josh Green moments at Arizona? You can't. I mean, he was good. He was a productive player. But the numbers that he put up, it just wasn't really that impressive. Or it was a little underwhelming considering his circumstances or his his rankings and the expectations that he, that he had coming in. And plus, the you, you look back on tapes from AAU and Travel Ball, him and Nico Mannion together were absolutely awesome to watch. I mean, it was up tempo, it was fast, it was getting to the basket, it was pretty much what Tommy Lloyd runs now. I think about that all the time. Like, if that 2019-2020 team with Josh Green, Zeke Naji, and Nico Mannion, if they had Tommy Lloyd as their head coach, oh man, that would have been something special to watch. Um, but Josh Green, in his one season at Arizona, wasn't really that dude. But since he wasn't bad... Right, he still put up decent enough numbers to be looked at by NBA draft scouts. Plus, you add in the the hype that he had coming in. Josh Green was able to get enough love to be drafted in the first round by the Dallas Mavericks. And ever since he's been with the Mavericks, he's been an awesome rotational player. He's gotten better at his three point percentage. Has also been a lot better uh, defending as well on the perimeter. And he is a key rotational piece for a team that's in the playoffs in the Dallas Mavericks. So Josh Green's NBA career is obviously more noticeable than his one year at the University of Arizona. But the reason why he's being inducted into the Ring of Honor, and this is unlike really any other player, the reason why he's being inducted into the Ring of Honor is because of what he did at the Olympics. So because that so because he medaled bronze with uh, Team Australia in the Olympics, he's being inducted into the Ring of Honor. So Zeke Naji, Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, Josh Green, bronze medal with Team USA, 
both those guys being inducted this week. And it should be really cool to see. Um, and I, I always think about that that year, the 2019-2020 season. What could have been? What would that team have done had they made the NCAA tournament if COVID-19 wasn't a thing? Uh, by the way, Tiger Woods about to uh, finish up his first round at Genesis Invitational. He's putting for uh, birdie, which would take him to minus two, and he would stay in the top 30. How about that? Look at Tiger. We'll talk more about Tiger and the Genesis Invitational during tomorrow. Spears and Ali. Arizona, Utah, tonight at 8 p.m. Watch the game on Pac-12 Networks.